0: hey what's going on good people welcome back to the black codes here with your co-host donald and i am joined with our alcohol connoisseur in residence okay
1: okay so this is the title that you're just going to give me
0: <laughs> yeah
1: okay <laughs> i should stop fighting it all right you should stop fighting
0: it fine
1: fine hi guys
0: last night i leveled up in life and i bought whiskey like not crown app, not like crown like other whiskey. i not going to say Crown's not real whiskey, but like I bought Maker's Mark whiskey.
1: Yeah, well, you bought bourbon, um, which is <laughs> even
0: like. So I still don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: But bourbon is whiskey. It's oh, like, yes. There it's we the child, you know, it's just like a step to the left or to the right, whatever. But yeah, and it's so funny. You I bought a, I bought this. So you got the holiday edition maker's mark and I had purchased the bottle of this, um, but I brought it to uh, I gave it away. So I didn't even get to try it. You know, it was still unopened. And so then you ended up surprising me with it. So that's, thank you.
0: That's how, you're welcome. That's how blessings come back to you. (laughs) You give and then you receive.
1: Hell yeah. That's a fact. So
0: this morning I decided I am going to start tweeting this week. Mm -hmm. And so shout out to everybody that follows me on Twitter at coach underscore Donald on Twitter. So I'm trying to tweet more. And if I keep tweeting, I'm going to end up getting the app. And I'm going to tweet for real. I used to have a Twitter back in college, but I said a whole <laughs> lot of raunchy things on there, and God forbid I become a public figure and people decide they want to dig that up.
1: <laughs> Can you? I think after you after you delete your Twitter for like a year, you, it can't even be found. Is that a fact?
0: I have no idea. I hope it is.
1: Because I remember I had a Twitter too, where I was also wild and crazy in college, and I deleted my Twitter. I think in like two thousand. 16 maybe, and I feel like I remember reading, um, once your thing is deleted after a certain point, like it can't be found. And I only asked that because I was gonna say your Twitter handle, but because we're not sure, I I won't. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I thought about trying to download all those tweets, mm-hmm. but it was fifty thousand of them.
1: Yeah, you were going crazy.
0: Yeah, in college, I did that in three years.
1: Yes, there's more jokes, but because I don't want to say your handle, like I can't, I'm not going to do that. So yeah, you were wild and crazy on on Twitter, um, but that we were on it at the height, you know, we were in college and it was the height of Twitter. It was the wild, wild west.
0: It was the wild, wild west. But I'm getting back into tweeting just a little thing. So on a coaching end, I want to like tweet more stuff about coaching. I'm trying to like add this other lady. She in. Power me, this other coach, you wanted me to, like, talk more about running and training and stuff like that to, to spew the myths of things. And so I also just want to talk shit on Twitter. Right. Like, how I think that people who run around without phone cases probably have a lot of unprotected sex. <laughs> They're
1: living their life on the edge. I'm living life on the edge. They, they don't care about or responsibilities or consequences. They don't care about They're living in the now. <laughs> I can't
0: imagine having... I have an iPhone 11. Mm-hmm. I this phone's $900. Yeah. I wish I would walk around $900 phone with no case on I just dropped it this morning
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't get it either like aesthetically they're not great and you know Phones are super thin now so you can just like slip it in your pocket and it's fine, but they're also so fragile You know so you have you do have to protect them you do Especially with all of even though all of your data is already in the atmosphere, <laughs> there's probably a lot more data that you want to just keep safe.
0: Yeah. And like having access to it through that phone. Yeah. But Twitter's a dangerous world. Twitter like makes or breaks people's careers sometimes. Well mm-hmm. maybe not makes, but it certainly breaks it. But I decided I want to tweet. And so speaking of this maker's mark thing, I discovered a combination of things that don't go together. I don't remember if I ever told the story of the E&J, New- I did tell the story of the E&J oatmeal on this show months ago. <laughs>
1: Let's Yes, you did.
0: <laughs> so I didn't exactly do that. But I every the last few times I've come to Baltimore, I've gotten a box of Raisin Bran. Mm-hmm. I'll get some almond milk. Mm-hmm. I don't drink dairy milk. And then I'll get some Oreos because why not dip the Oreos in the almond milk? Wow. And outside of the fact that I walk away from every weekend having a couple pimples because I overdo the Oreos um we decided like, all right we're gonna start drinking before we actually start the show because it's yeah. just funnier that way and so i'm drinking but like i'm still dipping my oreos and i discovered that chasing almond milk with whiskey is not a great combination
1: so i will say for me personally i am not i don't want to say dairy i don't really drink a lot of milk from anything from cows um from walnuts. almonds walnuts whatever the hell silk is <laughs> what does that come from soy milk. soy milk yeah no it's just not my thing um and the the idea of mixing it with alcohol is even worse because i just think about that shit has to be just curdling in your stomach and because of that it's always put me off of drinking even like in the winter with really mixing like hot chocolate and bourbon like that is a thing that people do
0: didn't we do that
1: no we did not we didn't we didn't we didn't mix it we didn't do spiked hot chocolate we had regular hot chocolate oh yeah regular hot chocolate I can do um, so I'm not surprised that you're like huh maybe I shouldn't have um <laughs> Did this exact combination. <laughs> Nonetheless,
0: my stomach is a real ass nigga. Yeah. And my stomach was Strong. completely okay. Nice. I, I had an entire bowl, a tall bowl of Raisin Bran.
1: I mean, it's only been while an I've hour. I've been drinking this. It's only been an hour. Let's we'll see what say? happens. I mean, the,
0: If the- y'all heard me Earl at the end of the show. Just, that so might be you why. think
1: it's only something that happens in the stomach like once it passes your stomach you think you'll be fine you don't think it could go awry in the intestines it's not
0: yeah yeah oh, no. okay. once it's see the intestines it's good it's about because c- when you throw up like the sphincter it'll come back up your uh the the uh, fucking i don't i'm, I'm an anatomy person and i'm not <laughs> coming up with the name of this right now but the you know the esophagus the, no that's where you breathe Trachea no, is where you breathe, esophagus. I was thinking esophagus, <laughs> but I thought it was the breathing one. Then I realized trachea was the breathing <laughs> one. So anyways, when you when things come up, your esophagus it comes out of your stomach. But once it passes the sphincter from the bottom of your stomach into your small intestines and, and come back up.
1: No, I don't mean that it's not coming back up. I just mean, so like, by the time it leaves your stomach... It's completely processed and it won't fuck you up anymore. Is oh no, you can say? still have
0: an upset stomach.
1: That, that's all I mean. You,
0: your intestines could still not be so happy about that yeah. But that, the upsetness usually peaks in the stomach because <laughs> that's when everything's really the, getting curdled and broken down the to be absorbed because the, then you got the acid mixing in with it. so you got acid, almond milk. Wheat there's, and whiskey.
1: Yeah. This sounds terrible. And grapes. Osmosis Jones and like an episode an episode of Rugrats when they like there's an episode of Rugrats where I think someone's dreaming someone eats a watermelon seed and they're like dreaming that they have to like go and get this watermelon seed because they think someone told and told the, one of the babies if you eat the watermelon seed, a watermelon will grow inside of your stomach. And I remember learning about, like, the blood system, like, certain things about the body from that and from the magic school bus. Mm. And Osmosis Jones, of course.
0: You know, I never really watched Osmosis Jones.
1: Oh, my God. Well, I have a TV now. Um, It's sitting on the floor. Oh, it's here. here. Yeah, I just put it down because it takes up space. But I have a TV now, so (laughs) maybe we can watch Osmosis Jones. And then I can
0: show you pain in full.
1: And I can show you Kill Bill.
0: And then we can watch The Expanse.
1: We were going to watch Dragon Ball Z. Don't you remember? I do remember. Yeah.
0: I just wasn't sure how back and forth we were going to keep going.
1: (laughs) I think I won. Um.
0: (laughs) You did. But hey, everybody. Yes. Please like, subscribe, and share this show. All right. We want to make sure that we can get on those reviews. Mm -hmm. And we are trending up right now with our listens. So thank all of you. Of course, thank all of you in India who make up a quarter of this. Yes, but thank all of our listeners um, who come from many different walks of life. As I've had more conversations with people about the show, when I hear more about who's listening, I'm actually surprised. You know, I have we have an audience that goes from people who are in their early 20s who you know go to HBCUs and and all these different things to like. People who are in their 50s and they have, you know, middle-class white families that listen to this show that I didn't know what this was going to turn into, but yeah. I'm thankful for all of you. And then all of our listeners who are 20,000 miles away, maybe yeah, like 20,000 just like a broad
1: period. I think we always shout out India because we get consistent listens from them. We have a
0: good amount in Pakistan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We have a good amount, um, it was Pakistan, Chile... Yo, there was a whole thing I saw on the internet about how um, black people be like, chow, and apparently, people really thought that this was like some discriminatory thing against people from Chile. Oh
1: my god, have you seen that? No, but that's hilarious. Just because, like, my I was talking to my friend the other day about something, and we literally at the same time were like, chow. <laughs> That's hilarious. I haven't seen that. You got to look all. that up. Y'all got to look okay. that up.
0: Let us know because I saw that this week and it was somebody had reposted a tweet that said that black people saying that was like discriminatory. And it was like, how do black people ever even reference people from Chile?
1: Never. <laughs> um, that's I, that's funny. I'm going to have to look into that.
0: But um, yeah, we want you to you know share this. So we're thankful for all of you and... Thank you for you joining us for Black History Month. You've been listening to us, so you've been indulging in black history for several months now. Or maybe mm-hmm. this is your first episode. Like, hey, I should learn some black history. Well, you've come to the right place. Hopefully, you're of age because this shit gets, you know, a little sideways sometimes. <laughs> More like the language piece. And um, we have a big announcement, though. Yes, we do. At the end of March, we are going to start a Patreon.
1: Two things. One... The last time you said you had a big announcement, the computer also dinged, which is weird that it's dinging at the same time, right? Yeah. And two, yes, we're starting a Patreon, guys. Support us. There will be more information to follow, but in the meantime, we kind of want to get a feel for what you guys think about the podcast, what you would like to see more of, what you would like to learn about. So, please email us, tweet us, DM us, uh, let us know your thoughts, and yeah.
0: Please, theblackcodespodcast at gmail.com, and we will be starting an email list here very soon. So, Mm -hmm. be on the lookout, follow us on social media. During the show notes, maybe not this show, but the next episodes, or I can always come back and edit this. So when you come back to this show, if you don't see it, <laughs> just come back and listen to it again. But we'll have it in the show notes in the description. Free to sign up for our email list so that you can get updates for when we release the show and updates for the Patreon stuff. We have some fun content under the way. Whether it comes some more information and maybe some things that have to do with a little bit of drinking.
1: They will obviously have to at least a little bit to do with drinking
0: yes so thank you and you know we'll get back to you but please let us know dm us most of you listening probably have access to us Mm -hmm. very directly so give us your thoughts and ideas so this month is black history month yes and of course there's a lot of cliche things going on on black history month Mm -hmm. but thanks for twitter and social progress that people are pushing back We got photos of MLK in color and masks going around. We got people shouting out more lesser known things and pushing for more educational content about what, you know, what black history really means, Mm -hmm. as well as what does it entail beyond hearing about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King and Thurgood Marshall, who is married to this woman who is really not in our favor anyways.
1: Um... Please don't forget that. I want to talk to you about that later. Okay. So please Off air or on air? On, on air, in this episode. Okay. Yes. Um, damn, that last piece just like threw me off my whole shit. What was I about to say to you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about Black History Month. What were you saying? Before about, you started specifically naming
0: people. Oh, about Twitter's pushback and oh, people's yes, pushback yes, yes. right now for wanting more yes. better content.
1: Yes, and I love it. There's, um, there's, one of my favorite IG pages is Black Story 1619. Oh,
0: you share them a lot.
1: I share them a lot. They do. They have some great photos, um, great stories. I definitely recommend following them. And yeah, the images of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. in color that are com- that like were spreading everywhere kind of since his birthday, but even more so um, for Black History Month, I love it. And you know, these things are important because it's not just Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, and uh, Abraham Lincoln, who ended slavery. Like, it's so much more than that. It's it's triumphant stories. It's bad things that, you know, we can't ignore. But there's so much. So, yes.
0: And negates us. Sorry? I said, and negates us. I still didn't. It's us.
1: It's us. And it's us. Oh, and oh, nigga, man. it's us.
0: <laughs> this is one of those moments where you, like, swipe people's <laughs> neck. Like that's the next swipable moment.
1: I thought you were saying, and it negates. Oh
0: no! no yeah, no, 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 that's why no, no. I was confused. <laughs> uh, Monday we had a staff meeting for the gym, and my uh, coach was like, "We should probably mention we're talking about this newsletter." I was like, "She's like, we should probably mention something about Black History Month," and I was like, "Like what? Like mm-hmm. we are like Black History. What do what do? What mm-hmm. should we do extra? Right? Like they're interacting with us. Really? Then it was like." We've this podcast in there and like, this business is black history, damn it.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, so that led us to, actually, if I'm going to be honest, we had something completely else <laughs> <laughs> planned for Thursday. And while I was writing up the title, the bio, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> this might not be appropriate. And so we have to put a pin in that. You will get that at some point, Um, but not during Black History (laughs) (laughs) Month.
0: It wasn't the most positive episode. It wasn't, like, negative, but it just wasn't celebratory. It's
1: true things that need to be talked about and need to be addressed, but I think that... This should be a time of unity and not a time of divide.
0: <laughs> yes. And we'll drop that part there. So that's why you're getting this episode a little bit later than usual. Yeah. Because we had to figure out, oh, we should actually celebrate and talk about black history. Because we recorded that in January. So our yeah. mind was in a different place.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So black history. Black history month. Um like I'm happy to see people talking about Carter G. Woodson um he was born in 1875 in Virginia to parents who were enslaved and he worked and toiled and worked and was not able to really go to school the amount he would have liked because he had to work um he basically educated himself and made it a priority for him and him and his brother moved uh, to a different town in Virginia where he had to become a I think he was a coal miner um, to support them still doing uh, teaching himself but finally at the age of 20 he was able to get his high school Degree, essentially, in like two years, he was able to accomplish it. He went on to get his bachelor's, his master's, and his PhD, and he would become the second black person, black man, um, <laughs> to get his PhD from Harvard following W.E.B. Du Bois. Or do you say Du Bois?
0: Definitely say Du Bois. My French is, uh, my French is tongue he, isn't there. Is
1: he French? I don't know how he, they, like, he. Du Bois is a
0: French word, isn't it?
1: Well, it is, but like my my granddad actually. Okay, never mind. Um. <laughs> so anyway, uh. Niggas in the
0: U.S. don't be speaking French. Don't expect our French to be that good. Well,
1: not where we're at. If you go down, if you go to Louisiana, they speak French, like the Creole well, uh, version of French. But you know, um.
0: Colonizer's tongue.
1: Okay, that's funny you say that.
0: Because I am speaking English.
1: Yes. I felt the same way, and you're rolling your eyes. When I was in Puerto Rico, one of, I worked at the cigar shop, and my boss was from New York, and he <laughs> did not speak. He could, he could speak enough Spanish, but he would say these things like they are they are entrapped because they're so stuck in speaking Spanish, and it's the colonizer's language. And I felt like. But what do you think English
0: is? I'm very aware.
1: Okay, as I'm long very as aware. as long as you know <laughs> that it's
0: hypocritical. I don't think it's hypocritical. I'm just aware.
1: Well, how is it not?
0: Because I also don't feel like I speak English based virtue of the fact that I just grew up speaking English and you know here. I was twenty some years old when I realized that it was the to colonizers' tongue. I feel the same way about English as I feel about French. The difference is, I don't have to learn English. I already know it.
1: So, but you do feel like you're speaking the colonizers' yes. language, okay? And so, you I've been doing a
0: piss poor job of learning Swahili, but I've been learning.
1: So, you think that people that speak French should learn another colonizer's? That's no, not no, your that's argument. That's not where I was going. That, that's my that's boss not argument. I was going Actually, sorry, I was, I was confused. <laughs> um
0: anyway. I, was, I was on a date the other day, and the woman was like, "Oh, yeah, we're gonna." She wants to her stepdad's from like. Germany or something, mm-hmm. whatever.
1: And she she's like, oh, want to go to
0: Germany." Yeah. Okay. And so um, I was like, "She's like, yeah, we can go to Paris." Go to said, I'm not going to Paris. She's like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm not going to Paris. France will not get my money." She's like, "I was like, France and London, Paris and London will not get my bread. Like specifically those two cities won't get it." She was like, no transportation. I will fly directly to Germany. Not that I'm in love with Germany, but how I feel about Germany is not the way I feel about the other two places."
1: That's crazy. And I know
0: it's really dumb. I have an aunt. Yeah. My, I have this aunt. She's one of these um, well to do, went to law school, married a lawyer as well. And they're that branch of my family that's the more well to do. She sounds like
1: she's living the life. Why are you She's living great. Like that? She's
0: awesome. She's good people. But like some of that comes with that is this, appreci- this love of like Paris. Like her daughter married this French man, which is cool. Like the dude's cool. She's great. But there's this, like, essence of she always goes to Paris to spend all of her time. And it's like, I don't know. So, I, you know where I'm going with this. this is a whole, I, the colonialism piece of I France and people love praising the beauty of yeah. London and Paris. And it's like, these places are so beautiful because they took from everywhere else.
1: Yeah. I understand you, but I don't agree with you. That's fine. Um, I'm actually trying to go. I'm trying to see my dad. And if I go there, I'm absolutely going to Paris. So... Do you
0: remember? The only reason I would go to London is because they stole all this shit around the world, so I would like to see the British Museum. Yeah. I... That's... uh, I'll put that out there. Mm -hmm. Remember that backpack... We're going to get back on topic, but remember that backpacking trip that I did to Mexico that you planned for me? Yes. (laughs) We first talked about backpacking and you were like, we should backpack Europe and I was like, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, no, you weren't really with it. I was right when
0: I first learned. I didn't realize, I didn't learn about colonialism until I was 22 years old.
1: Yeah, and you know, honestly, I think I'm a little bit... Even with the colonialism and all the bullshit that's so nasty that I hate, there is still aesthetically... Something about that period of Europe that I do still appreciate and I do still love. And, and you know, like being in London, especially being with someone that's like born and raised there, going to places that were built and have been open for literally for centuries. Like my dad took me to one of the oldest bars that's still functioning in London. It was opened in like the early 1500s. That's cool to me. You know, like, just me and appreciating architecture and history and things like that. That shit's cool to me. But I also understand the, like, I'm completely good. Never need to go there at all. I'm fine.
0: The dichotomy of worldly Donald and black Donald. Yeah. We had this conversation. Anyways.
1: Anyways. (laughs) Carter G. Woodson. So in 1915, him and several of his homeboys, who I do want to shout out, William Hargrove, uh, George Cleveland Hall, Alexander Jackson, James E. Stamps. They start the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. And it was essentially like all history to, you know, preserve and promote and collect and share cultures and stories of people, you know, of of society and have this, not even just legacy, but just this collection of our predecessors, our forefathers, you know, like these things are important. And obviously black people not being allowed to read or write, only certain people having access to those types of things um, kind of dictates the history that is being preserved. So they make this conscientious effort to say, no, we we need to start preserving this. We need to collect these stories and save them and share them because it's important it's vital um and they start journals. they you know i mean these are educated these are educated men that are doing a lot (sighs) for the cause of history which so these are like the forefathers for me personally in my discipline carter g Mm. woodson being kind of the father of like Black History Month, but, but really promoting African American studies or like Negro history, just like this idea that like, this is something worth the fact that it has to be an idea, you know, that he had to come out and say, this is worth preserving. I find it interesting that there were no white people at the time also thinking that, you know, like, even if, You don't like black people, even if you think they're subhuman. Not documenting it, I just, I find it really interesting because why wouldn't you? It's still part of your history, even if you agree with it, you know? Mm. Does that make sense?
0: It's not to say that there might not have been any, but they probably would have only really been in the intellectual circles. Yeah. And who knows if, you know, because of the culture of where we stood in that sense, that it made any forefront. Like I'm sure there were secret white meetings of white intellectuals <laughs> talking about Black history in their own way, but not in a way that they decided that it should garner any real attention. Yeah,
1: and like talking to slaves in and interview. That's what I kind of mean. Like that um, that that starts to happen after the Civil War. But who who knows? Like maybe it did, and they just got rid of their got rid of their um, documents.
0: No, they weren't so emotionally attached to it. It just never really made any. Never turned into anything other than just like some Friday night chatter.
1: Yeah, and I should also say it's not something I looked into too deeply. We were gonna do an episode about an auction, <laughs> like literally from the beginning. It was supposed to be our first episode. We have we tried to record that thing three times, and it's still on the back burner. But you know, like a reporter, it's a reporter though. He like from New York goes to this auction and he's talking about the sights that he's seeing. Um, And I don't know that he ever interviews anyone or if he's just, like, overhearing, because I think he was, like, in disguise. Um, But, yeah, like, it would be interesting to see more more of that. But anyway, they understand the importance. And in 1926, um, Woodson proposes that there should be a national a national, a Negro, not a national. I have NHW and and you know, um, Negro History Week in February because Lincoln and maybe Frederick Douglass's birthdays are both in February because they don't actually know when he was born. It's estimated that it was February 14th and Lincoln was born February 12th. Um, so it's not because it was the shortest holiday of the month. It was actually because you know Lincoln and, and emancipating the slaves and Frederick Douglass had a bir- both had birthdays a few days apart in February, was why February was chosen originally.
0: To be an oppressive system does require intelligence, but it does not mean that these forces are always that clever. Something, mm-hmm. There are some things that happen. In coincidence, or that are reactionary, even from the top of the line.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. This is one of those. It is. And in 1969, there's a group of students at Kent University in Ohio. I didn't go there. I know some people that went to Kent University. Do you?
0: I in know Pittsburgh? a guy that a guy over in track with he he went to, he did track at Kent State okay um
1: I said Kent University is it Kent State University, Kent State. Kent State or is, university. It just, is it a college
0: yes yeah, a university Kent oh, State okay. University it's like bigger than Super Rock oh uh,
1: it's in Ohio girl I don't know it's in Ohio if I called you girl I did not it's mean to do Ohio, that I'm so you know. sorry but it's in Ohio
0: <laughs> that place
1: um Yeah, so they propose a, they propose extending it through the month, and then in 1970, they're like the first ones that really celebrate it, and over um, time, more and more people are picking it up, and then 1976, it becomes a national, like, federally recognized thing. We don't get no time off of work, but (laughs) it becomes a thing that people are um, talking about and actively celebrating and understanding of this month. Is the time to reflect on black history?
0: <sighs> I think for our listeners and because like I've gotten to interact with a number of you, there's a number of you here in the US and obviously abroad who are not white or black. And yeah. so there's this wrapping your mind around like, why is there this Black History Month? Mm-hmm. Over the time of, you know, US history, it really was Native Americans, white people, and black people. And as the white people kind of killed off the Native Americans through disease and conquest, it really was white people and black people.
1: Especially when we're talking about um, the South and the North. Like, yeah. obviously, there was, there was other things happening in different places. But in the continent, like the, 40, the lower 48, the continental United States, yeah.
0: Especially on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Up until there was a large boom of European immigrants in the early 1900s, and then like Asian and African immigrants later in the century, it was just really a white and black place. And so for those of you who are trying to wrap your mind around that, the black people's place in America is very, very unique in the creation and thriving of the country in itself and its building. And so to go ahead and create a entire month to celebrate this history, Um, which is something that was not commonly done in America, if done at all for like an entire month of celebration, is stark but yet necessary because you have these people that were here. You know, we've been here for generations and being told, you know, you don't matter and you're nothing. And so there's this essence of, oh, as as freedom and equality are underway and these plays are being made, people are starting to do things. There is this history and there are, You know, these white people being born in the 40s and the 50s and the 70s who are starting to question, like, why, you know, why these things exist, why black people are in this position or that position. And so and understand the legacy of America in the first place. And so this black history goes into telling the story of, at least in its inception, black people's place in America. Mm -hmm. And especially in the, yes, educating in what happened. That was tragic. But also in growing to celebrate the overcoming, because every single day that we're alive basically feels like overcoming.
1: Yeah, um, like if if you understand why the subject of history is taught at such a young age in public school, right? Do it's it's because like people. Most people aren't becoming professional professional historians and they're not working within something that they might believe to be directly related to history, especially the history that we tend to be taught. But there is clearly a need and an understanding that we should know where we come from, you know, and not just the reason why black history is important, the Black History Month is so vital is because of what was being taught in schools and, and mm. what was just being collected and the stories that were being preserved and black people very much being looked at as it's not important to keep those stories when it is, you know, black people are literally build the the foundation of this country through their blood and their sweat and their tears. We have what we have today because millions of people were in bondage against their will and being exploited.
0: For generations. For
1: generations. You know, this wasn't just like a set of grandparents were doing this. You know, like children and children and their children's children were living through this awful institution. And there is another group of people that are receiving all of the benefits. You today would not work an 80-hour... You work an 80-hour work week because of the money. You're not working an 80-hour work week for the fuck of it and giving all your money to to your employer.
0: Not even seeing the money.
1: You're pissed off at the taxes (laughs) that are coming out. That's just a percentage. A small one... I mean, that might be an argument for some people, but when you're talking about someone else... Not even getting the money in their hand and having to pay it over. They don't see shit.
0: And then are told, oh, you're lazy, you're worthless, and we're going to beat you. And oh, you're yeah, going to just split up your families. Like, there's a lot there. And yeah. so when, when that transition happens in America, and, you know, people like Carter G. Woodson are able to go to college, mm-hmm. you know, within any community, whether you look at it ethnically, geographically, whatever, there's a span of like, intellectual ability, so to say, mm-hmm. right? Of that is inherent. The resources around you can make out what that turns out to. But, you know, he's one of those people that were able to go and thrive. And so you get people like that who were able to go off to college, which him going to college, getting a bachelor's degree, getting a master's degree, getting a PhD, is worth an entire episode in of itself. Yeah. Because that's not something like, I have a master's degree. How It, it was challenging, but it really wasn't ours. Like yeah. what he had to go through to mm-hmm. go and do that. Was harder than some people's entire lifespan yeah. just for him to go do that in a couple decades.
1: And think about think about the stress that we all go through applying to get into college, like graduate school, even like a resume and applying for a job. This nigga had to apply to Harvard, <laughs> and he's only the sec. He's the second the second black person to graduate like that.
0: And his parents were born in slavery.
1: Yes. Like, I did really breeze over him, but it's because we have other things to talk about. But that shit's not easy. And him taking such a stance and not, because obviously he was told no by a lot of people. Fuck out of here. No one cares about y'all niggers. (laughs) Like, oh, we got one that went to school, and now you think you're going to be doing X, Y, and Z and telling us what we're going to teach? Fuck out of here. Like, he had to deal with a lot but he knew he knew and understood how important it was Um, and there was a quote that you really liked this little aspect of just like if you don't have a history it's as if you don't exist if that you know you know like there are tribes of Native Americans right that were completely wiped out And because all of their history was oral, we know nothing about it. Nothing. Nothing about it. We don't even know to the extent of the tribes that were lost because of how bad that shit was. African people as well were oral historians. Think about all the shit that we lost. And then we were not given the right to learn how to read and write and if you learn how to read and write it was in secret even if um a master we hear a lot about like um the children of slave masters teaching kids that were essentially their age because they probably were sucking on the same titties they were friends because they were little kids they didn't know this little boy or little girl is spending time learning how to read and write now they're hanging out with their little black friend because the mammy is watching them so they're teaching them how to read and write like that was the thing that happened there were wives that probably didn't have shit else to do or maybe on their heart in some way they felt like well this is how I can be helpful I don't know like I'm sure there's a spectrum right some people living within slavery but still understanding that these people are human or they should still learn these things because they should whatever whether it's I'll teach you how to read and write and it'll help you to do more of my work or I want to teach you how to read and write because it's the right thing to do. Because you want to, and I want to help you with that.
0: And we always want to keep in perspective that there are always good people out there who yeah. understand humanity, even amongst very backward cultural dynamics. Yeah. And when you look at, when you look at that framework, and as we look at Carter G working to establish Black History Month and these pushbacks that he can get, this man to come from parents who were slaves, to, he was born in 1875 mm-hmm. to go through the trials and tribulations he had to do to go get a, a doctorate degree <laughs> yeah. from Harvard yeah. when he was not even 40 yet. Mm-hmm. And then to go ahead and make this push goes to really un- help you hopefully understand the importance of why this needed to be made done. Because at this time in America, this is the early stages of Jim Crow. This is the first half of Jim Crow. They would have rather the, when I say they, the institution of America and really you know, white populations in mass during this time in the 19 teens, would have rather never learned about black history. Like yeah. they really would be willing to let it not be present. and it would they would actually rather us not exist and not have been there and not have an existing presence in America. So mm-hmm. that's why that quote rings so home to me. Yeah. And he understood that back then that if we don't have this history and we don't tell these stories then you know america's going to progress as if we were never there and we're just poor and oppressed just because we felt like being it
1: yeah there is this so i have two things one yeah there's this there's this idea that like slavery is like the blemish of american history right because it completely goes against Every single thing that the founding fathers were fucking talking about, it's like they said all this and then had all these asterisks. But <laughs> not blacks, not women. And they actually we're it's just like a talking pill about, commercial. And it's not even all white men because some of y'all are poor. We're not gonna give you. We're not gonna give you shit, right? Um, and oh no, did I lose my train of thought again? There was another. There was another part that I wanted to say.
0: I don't know, but you made me think about all those asterisks, like one of those medical commercials for medicine. Oh, yeah. And there's like all these different, like, yeah, this can help. This is what we should do. But there's this, that, and the third. And you could thing.
1: have internal bleeding. You're, you'll probably not want to have sex anymore. You might sleep for four days.
0: But you were, you were mentioning um, this part of America where, you know, this original blemish Mm -hmm. And then kind of transitioning to Jim Crow and, you know, this establishment of wanting to keep the history of that and, you know, the importance of having that.
1: Oh, and then this other thing being so, yes, it's this blemish, but then you also have at the same time the South going on this thing essentially talking about it becomes the war of northern aggression Like, slavery, the black people that were enslaved wanted to be there. They were happy. They were fine. It was the North that came in and said, this is wrong, this is wrong, and, like, stirred shit up and, like, started a fight. Gone with the Wind, that movie, kind of justifies that. It's like... Really? Yes. I've had
0: to read that book in middle school, but I never got around to it.
1: Gone with the Wind essentially shows how if blacks are not enslaved they're violent so uh, the thing is like this black dude um tries to rape this black this white woman and instead of allowing herself to be raped she like kills herself that's like one of the like yes and so it goes they try to they do vigilante justice and it the KKK becomes a hero because they try to avenge this white woman who killed herself because this black man was trying to rape her. Slavery is important because it keeps black people docile. It keeps them from themselves, essentially. And the North um, initiated a fight. And so it like turns the whole blame on this other thing. So you see this counter, this action to say... What the fuck are y'all talking about? <laughs> no, that's not what happened. But if no one's talking about the truth of slavery, that's an attitude, that's an outlook that people are married to. And it is. Like, that is what happens. There is this idea that the Civil War was the North instigating a fight that no one, that the South didn't want. They wanted slavery and the Blacks wanted to be enslaved. Y'all came and fucked shit up. For no reason. I didn't know that you didn't know this. I'm looking at you and it's like mind
0: blown. <laughs> I'm going to come back to this later. But what I remember in middle school, we had these reading things. My mother was very big on me reading. And, um, you know, for reasons that we kinda of already discussed. Mm-hmm. And so I used to do these reading across America contests as a kid. and I won like three of them in elementary school. And in middle school, they had like points for like reading and stuff like these different books. Gone with the Wind was specifically worth seventy two points. Yeah,
1: it's a classic.
0: And it was this classic and I never got around to it. But I'm I guess I'm already on the topic. I wonder this was at the top of the intellectual book reading list in middle school. And so thinking about the kids who were, you know, more avid readers and interested in that, who were pursuing these points like I was, and who were who were excelling beyond me, them reading this at a very young age and them getting this perspective put on to them from reading a book like Gone with the Wind at like twelve in in and, and having that perspective because like that's why I'm bewildered. I'm like, I'm trying to imagine what I would have thought if I read that book at twelve. And
1: Gone with the Wind is one of like the first motion productions. It is still regarded as one of the best, not necessarily movies, but it's a historical because of the production, the money behind it that went into making it a movie. And uh, Hattie, oh my God, how do I not remember? It's like Hattie, hold on, I'm going to Google it. I can't believe I don't remember. Hattie McDaniel um, is the first person, the first black person to win an Oscar, actually, as her role as of mammy in Gone with the Wind. And she's this super asexual, docile, matronly like that kind of caricature but she wins an oscar she's the first black person to do so what year was that 1939 1939
0: yeah please go back to our uh wet nursing episode yeah for reference about what mammies are
1: yeah um which which really says something like it says two things one this is important because I'm pretty sure the the black person that is attempting to rape the white woman is actually a white man in black face. She is actually a black person playing a black character. And so a lot of, even within the time, within like the black space, people were giving her pushback and her stance was like, but at least I'm playing one of us and it's not them and blackface mocking us. This was a role. This was something that happened. Like, their mammies did exist. And so it's one of those things that it's very, I mean, Gone with the Wind, look it up. We'll just, I don't want to have a Gone with the Wind episode. Not right now, not today. Damn, that would actually be maybe an interesting idea for our Patreon. Like, what if we watched it for the first time together and recorded our actions? Maybe not, because I'm sure I would start crying and just be pissed off Yo. through it. So maybe we won't S- do that. Send, a,
0: send us a DM or an email at the theblackcodes the at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at theblackcodespodcast. It's the black codes podcast at gmail.com. Send us a message <laughs> and tell us if you'd like to see that. because If you be want to see
1: me cry. I've
0: never watched it, and I'm bewildered right now. But as I'm sure you know, you're listening to this podcast, and if you you've heard us talk about you sharing it. You can't share this with everybody. There are some people who are like, I don't want to hear about these niggers' history. Mm -hmm. Why are you sharing this with me? And they probably also feel like, why do these niggers even have a whole month? (laughs) Um, And so, you know, there's pushback that he faced that in 2021 that still faced about why this is something worth celebrating or at least learning about. Mm -hmm. Because it went from being something that was learned about to like, it's now grown to be more of a celebratory piece, or at least in some respects, for some people.
1: Yeah, I think you you melded like a few things, which is great because on one hand, there are arguments like why is Black History Month important? Why does it need to be a thing? Um, well, it needed to be a thing because it was believed, and it is still believed that it is important to learn about the contributions that black people have made to this country. We are not outside of America. We're not this little bubble on the side of it. There is this idea that white is default. White is America. white his, The white part of America is American history. That is not true. White people are not the only people that have been here. Native American, Native American history African American history is just as important is just as vital and integral to American history full stop there shouldn't even be like the fact that there are African American things or Black History Month as an asterisk so this I guess kind of goes into why some people argue against it because it's every day because it is our actual life it is American history it is But we're talking about a time in the early 1900s, even in the 70s, when this becomes like a month long celebration, even presently today, I could give you a rundown of my fucking history classes from the seventh to the 12th grade. And I can tell you how much black history I learned in what is that seven, six years of junior high and high school. 4 years of high school, 2 years of junior high, 6 years. <laughs> um, math is not our strong sense, <laughs> but I was messed try. up.
0: That's all. I, I, my other hand was on my hip. So that's yeah. why we saw five fingers.
1: Um so it's important because it's looked at as an it's looked at as other, but it's not, you know. We are we are the fucking thread, like, we are the, the, I don't should I say the thread? I should, I don't want to call us the cotton, but in terms of, like, the shit that has built, you know, everything that has been able to happen in this country is off of the backs of black people, so then when you don't even want to fucking acknowledge their contribution, it's like, okay, well, we have to do something about that,
0: extreme amounts of wealth comes on the back of exploited labor and mm-hmm. so there is a part of America's richness America's ability to be a powerhouse in World War One and progress that into the future comes through the fact that well you got all this bread that you made off of the back of slaves the economy and things like that the economy would be different if this was paid labor if the original colonization plan was literally just the English people coming over and making the Scottish people middle managers and Getting Irish people or other people, or even Native Americans, or even bringing black people and paying them low wages to do it, even if they were low, the economy of America would be a little different it would if be. that money had to get paid out. Yeah. Let alone if people said, Oh, I'm not doing that shit for a little bit of money. Like, yeah. pay me bread. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's just like, I mean, even think about today. Think of, think if you didn't have to cook, you didn't have to clean your house, you didn't, and you didn't have to pay those people how much money you how much time you could like reserve to business and how much money you would save you know expand that times 10 now what if your whole way of making money is off the labor of something you don't have to pay anyone for so you get to collect you get to collect 90% and maybe you're throwing 10% because you have to give give these people at least something to live in and something to make clothes out of, and something to eat, yeah. and that's still probably being generous.
0: It's you know you're
1: retaining you're retaining most of your all of your money essentially.
0: So when you say like, you know, black people build this country, this is you know what what she means by that. This is what you mean by that. And so when you look at like that's part of this importance piece, and in, in the kind of you know looking at some of these other pushbacks, you know, people feel like Black History kind of gets stuck in this bubble. Mm-hmm. Other people don't feel like they're a part of black history. Like, you know, right now that's starting to change. But, you know, in general, immigrants or white people in general may not feel as though they're a part of that because it's their history. And it's like, no, it's packaged as black history because of how America racializes and moves if this if the legacy of slavery wasn't there or if people were like oh kumbaya reconstruction we're going to blend everything together yeah you would learn about these things you alongside would. everything else you would and it wouldn't even be demarcated in mm-hmm. that way it might be that this negro did this but it would be alongside something else but because america doesn't package things that way black history is packaged in this independently. way independently that's yeah. why you have all these cultural things for this people and that people and that in a third in the first place exactly and so this common question why is there no white history month hopefully you've started to get an answer for that throughout the course of this you learn about the history of white contribution to america all of the time because that's mm-hmm. the default mm-hmm. america's set up in a way that it is literally american is the history yeah <laughs> that is american history now, if we talk about uh, Carter G Woodson there's a lot of people who might not feel like that's talking about american history and so there are some black people who feel like that's actually something that we should practice being able to do, which, you know, is part of what we want to do with this, even though, you know, it's titled The Black Codes, but (laughs) this is talking about history. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's a work in progress, but you don't just stop demarcating the black history to start calling it regular history. You do both at the same time until the culture and the education really evolves to blend these things. Um, And yes, you know, this aspect that it's not inclusive to, all people who are actually considered black only because the founding of really black history and like its original meaning was you know looking at the people who kind of descended from this slavery legacy and so now you know people who might have moved here from nigeria in the 80s may not feel as connected to that but you know these things are not in stagnant like they're they evolve and so
1: And I think that that's something that we will get to. (laughs) Like I mentioned earlier, we had a different episode Mm -hmm. uh, we were gonna drop. I think we'll kind of build more on that later, but that is one of the arguments and white, I mean, when white people argue, oh, well, what about white history month or what about white action society or this or that? It's like, you have to be kidding me. Um, (laughs) I mean, you just, you have to be kidding me uh because i know that all of my american history classes i can tell you what i learned about and i could tell you when black people came in into the point of conversation and they they very conveniently schedule like the syllabus or the course lessons that really only focus on talking about black people during february which is another reason why it's like oh if you get rid of this then black people should be talked about more but I think that um, you know we're moving out of only focusing on the same four or five people, and we're moving out of only focusing on the negative aspects. So this was even something that Carter G. Woodson, why he wanted to implement it, because black history isn't just our trials and tribulations. There are success stories. There are people that did a lot of other things and their life wasn't just full of misery and torture and sadness and pain. And you know, we tend to think about black history. I think especially when you and I were in school, focused on maybe we talked about slavery, but really we talked about the civil rights movement and and actors and like monumental people in that. And it's kind of like, oh, well there's this slavery and slavery ends and that's good, but then we talk about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. And then that's kind of it. And it leaves these gaps and it doesn't really get into the truth. And American history, the white part, doesn't get into those parts either in respect to what's happening with even their black relations. Like things are so conveniently laid out that when we learn about American history, when I'm thinking about my American history classes that I took when I was in junior high and high school, it's very convenient the way that certain things are let out just completely um, ignored you know why are we only talking about Jim Crow laws in the regard of black history because white people lived within that society as well why aren't we talking about it from that aspect that's a rhetorical question
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you know that that's a really good point because when you think about integration right America's Mm -hmm. big goal of integration well history should be integrated then because these things don't live in silos against each other. Right. White people's lives were affected by Jim Crow and the things that happened in the 20s, they would be different if Jim Crow, you know, wasn't a thing. When you think about us even going to the moon mm-hmm. and that whole movie about hidden figures and that whole aspect, if that was just taught alongside regular history, people would know about that because those women for probably at least the next decade or so, probably multiple decades to be honest, are gonna be classified as black history. Mm-hmm. But that's NASA history. That's American history. Yeah. That's like world breaking history as yeah. far as people going to the moon. Like they were a part of that. Mm-hmm. And the way that, you know, this history gets presented, it's not even integrated. So we talk about integration, but that's not really It
1: has it hasn't like worked its way to the school system. Um,
0: a question for you. Yeah. Do you think integration to its fullest extent is actually even possible?
1: Yes, I don't think it's impossible. Of course, I think it's possible, but it's going to require a lot of work. I don't think that. I don't think that we will see it. In our respective lives as we get older. But I think that maybe, you know, God willing, if we reach our adult adulthood, like senior citizen adulthood, I think that we can maybe see it in the younger generation.
0: Even when it comes to like schooling and what we're just talking about right now, a presentation of information.
1: I think so. This may might be me being hopeful, and so I so I'm I'm There's in the terms
0: epi- of, t- second episode. You said something really hopeful.
1: In terms of like, I'm thinking like grandparent age, right? Like if I if we were grandparents or maybe our great grandchildren, I don't think it's that far off. I think in the last hundred years, where we were at in 1900 and where we were in 2000, in terms of race relations, it was. I mean. It's very significant considering what the first, like the 300 years before that looks like, you yeah. know? And I think in another 60, 70, 100 years, I think we can get even farther and not just with race because you we're having conversations right now about race, about misogyny and class. And I think that there's a a generation of people that they're not going to just want it because they're white. Like, they're not, that's not going to be okay to them, especially if they have the information. And with the internet, with podcasts like we have, There, I mean, and we're not alone. There are so many ways for people to find out what's actually going on. Ignorance is not going to be able to be an excuse for much longer, I don't think. And maybe that is me being really hopeful, but I feel like, you know, ignorance when you were choosing to do that and there are enough people around you that are saying fuck out of here you did have the information you chose to not know so you can choose to go to the left and never open your mouth about this again i think that's going to happen more Hmm. so will it maybe be fully fully completely integrated before we die no but i think it'll be a lot farther and i think the 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 trajectory you know is a lot closer i think it's more like this than like a slow steady incline
0: shout out to uh generation z giving savannah all this hope i'll tell you what has integrated the stomach acid the whiskey (laughs) Mm. and the almond milk
1: so i guess that means uh, we're gonna wrap up (laughs) did you have any
0: closing remarks about thurman marshall thurman marshall and his fucking life
1: I don't know. So this is so crazy. One of the other things that I had on the on on the agenda that we're not gonna get to is just like the stories that or things that we remember from learning black history. And I remember writing a paper on Thurgood Marshall and he was one of the reasons why when I was young, I th- wanted to go to law school and thought about being a judge. And I was like, fuck it, I could be a Supreme Court judge if I'm going to do it, you know. But I don't remember learning anything about his wife, So I actually wanted you to tell me more. But I think we actually have to wrap this up. Maybe that'll be like a bonus episode. So if
0: you want to hear about that? Let us know.
1: Uh, yeah. Um. You know, this was more of a conversation. I hope you guys learned something about Black History Month and why it's important. And
0: We want you to definitely walk away understanding Carter G. Woodson's yes, contribution to that. I want you sure. to go ahead and learn more about that. You know, take the time right now while you're sitting down. You probably stopped driving by now. Make mm-hmm. a little Google search. Put it up on one of your 80 tabs on your phone. If you're anything <laughs> yeah. like me, you probably have 200 tabs on your phone. Um, you know, you can't even count them. All right, put it as another tab that you're gonna look at on a Saturday morning while you're laying in bed. Learn a little bit more about that contribution, that creation of Black History Month. Hopefully, we've also helped you understand why it's important and why it's also important that like Black people have this Black History Month mm-hmm. because, unfortunately, for much of America's history, Black people were put in a silo. Yeah. And but America has hope because in the way that. You cannot mix whiskey and (laughs) almond milk with Oreos. You can mix the history of all the peoples of America. But sometimes it starts with having them in silos and bringing them together.
1: Bye!